Heyo! What's going on this week? I'm Andrea Collins, and this is Mindful Mostly. Yup. This is a lifestyle and wellness show for those of us who are mindful, like, most of the time. We don't take mindfulness so literally here. You can be mindful of whatever's important in your life right now. It could be the latest wellness trends, fashion, your living space, a little celebrity action in there. We get into it all. And you leave inspired every single week, I promise you. This one's a good one. It's September, right? Are you starting to feel a little nesty? This past week, I was lighting more candles, burning some Palo Santo. It is time. And that's why today on the show, Feng Shui expert Laura Morris is here to tell us how to create a sacred space and manifest change in your life. Part of the idea of creating a a sacred space is one, making sure that it supports you and what you wanna do, and two, that whole idea of manifesting, right? If you wanna start asking for a whole bunch of things and manifesting things, and you don't have the space either energetically or physically in your space and in your life, then we need to fix that. She's gonna tell us how to do that today. Yeah. All right, um, also coming up, Kate Moss's anti-aging and beauty secrets. I know you want to know. I know you want to know because I sure as hell wanted to know. And I've got it all. I got it all for you. Something I want to say about next week's show is our first listener is going to be on with a personal story. Alex King, she's been a longtime supporter of the show. You wouldn't believe what she just did. Oh, you got to hear her story. I know it's going to light a fire under your ass. So that's going to be on next week's show. Also, loving the shout outs, you guys, on Instagram. Keep them coming, please. That is how we spread the word about the show and how I get to connect with you. So if you're not part of the gang already, it's at Mindful, mostly on Instagram. Plus, if you want the High Vibe 5, which is a five-minute magnetism session, it's got manifesting, voice work, uh, voice work. Breath work, (laughs) breath work, affirmations, um, visualization. It's got it all. Just leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. Take a screenshot just on your phone, you know, your little home button and the button on the side, and um, email it to me at andreatmindfulmostly.com and I will send it right back to you. All right, let's get into your little weekly wellness tip. Here's a question. How the hell does Kate Moss still look so good? Right, man? She's a hottie. She's like, 50? I want to look like her. We all want to look like her. I mean, she's the woman that said, I know this is so bad. Nothing tastes better than skinny feels. I mean, she's got a point. What do you do when things do taste better than skinny feels? Fuck. Either way, uh, I saw a picture of her at Fashion Week last week and I was blown away. So here are some of her beauty tips, okay? She uses facial oil every night. She recommends staying out of the sun using fake tan instead. And she loves bronzer, loves it. And the dewy illuminator, who doesn't, right? She also likes to keep her makeup simple and uses mascara and highlighter on the ri- at, like during the day and then At night, she likes a stronger eye, more black. She says she piles on the mascara and then just a bit of cheek. She also recommends taking the ice plunge. 
Listen to this. It sounds like it's going to freeze your eyeballs off. Fill a sink or a bowl with ice cubes, water, and slices of cucumber, and hold your face in it for as long as you can. She says it instantly reduces puffiness and tightens up your skin. Because <laughs> I think she's had a few benders in her life, right? My friend Tori, I posted a picture on Instagram this week of how good Kate Moss looked. And he said, man, how does she do it? If I partied like her, I would look like beef jerky. <laughs> All right, now don't go anywhere because at the end of the show, there is such a good soul nugget this week. Your weekly words of wisdom from the internet. But let's get into it. Our feng shui expert, Laura Morris, is on the line. Laura, how do we create a sacred space to manifest more in our lives? Well, it's interesting. And I love this. This has really become a thing. And it's and it's great because um, I think we're all really starting to look at our homes as somewhere where we need to be deliberate and intentional about it, right? So we uh, we know that it's not just a place that we come, sleep, get up, go to work, right? When you come home, you want to be able to feel supported that when you leave for work the next day, you actually have energy to do that. And so part of the idea of creating a, a sacred space is one, making sure that it supports you and what you want to do. And two, that whole idea of manifesting, right? So what I would say is I always start with, okay, what do we have going on right now? What needs to be shifted and changed? Sometimes there, I, I feel there is a big movement in minimalism and that's not my that's not my thing like i think there are people with certain energies that should have you know a whole wall of tchotchkes because it makes them it brings them joy and i think they should do that but what if they're wanting to manifest something specific i often say okay we might need to make some space so that's the first thing i would say is what do we need how do we need to make space in your life and in your home in order for you to bring something else in because if you want to start asking for a whole bunch of things and manifesting things and you don't have the space either energetically or physically in your space and in your life, then we need to fix that first. What's an example um, of that in, in someone's home that you've you've worked with recently? They wanted to bring in a little bit more in terms of their career. And their, the entire front of the house, the way that um, this tool that we use, this method we use to, to map out the space, the entire area where you walk in and the surrounding areas are all about your, your path in life, your career. And it was not it wasn't that it was not okay it wasn't inviting but it, there was some serious there were furniture pieces that literally it blocked the when you can come in so we needed to move so that's the idea i said okay listen we want to bring in more opportunities the idea is is that energy flows from in from the front door into the space if you can't physically walk there and you're having to dodge dip you know move around etc then the energy is going to be the same the same way and that energy all that is all represents you know flow of opportunities things coming your way all that great stuff so we needed to physically move the furniture around and it's funny i mean i find that my background is also as a designer so it's something that i'm naturally just do just start moving literally just start move we start moving the furniture around and that's Clients love that because it's like it's as soon as you start getting engaged in the process and physically doing it, it also changes. Like the energy is already changing. Like I'm like, okay, let's get this, move this down here, move this over here, and and they can already feel you know the shift when that happens. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you just move a couple things around. You know, like your couch may have been sitting in that same spot for five years, but it could go elsewhere, and it changes the room and the flow of the cheese so much. It's crazy. 
It does. It really does. And it sounds so simple. Um, and it is simple. It's just some people are like, oh, how could it really mean? But it, because chi gets blocked, it gets stuck. And especially in corners of the home. And once you start, you know, sweeping out those corners, moving furniture around, getting rid of stuff so that the chi can flow more smoothly, it, you, you do feel it. You really do. Mm-hmm. So what other steps can we take to create a sacred space? So feng shui, I kind of think of as sort of the original sacred space creator. And when you say sacred space, you know, people are like, what does that mean? You know, and I just think of it as dedicating, again, say, taking time to be mindful about what you put in your space and doing it with intention. And so feng shui gives you the framework to do that. So we can use the bagua, which is one of the tools that we use. And that lays out the home in a specific way about where you know that each area is uh, dedicated to a certain part of your life or represents a certain part part of your life. Um, there's many meanings to it, but you can really come down to saying, okay, well, this is about my, my path in life, my career. That's about my relationships and my partnerships and my ability to be, you know, receptive to love. And that area is about my blessings and, and things that come into my life. And so once you start to know, understand those areas, then you can be really specific about how you set up your space and you can, you can kind of, you can create a story for yourself, right? So you can sort of say, okay, well, this is what I want to get in my life. And, and, and then you you pick, so creating a sacred space to me means that you, you, you go around, you don't just say one day I'm going to shop and create my sacred space. You're deliberate about when you shop, you, you figure these pieces, these are pieces that you love. They're, they're, they're things that you've curated. If you, you know, to use that word that you've brought into the space because a, you love them, but also they represent something on a different level. So not just a sofa, but it's something that transcends that. So, you know, it's not just this mundane thing. It really does speak to a higher kind of vibration. And that for you is what you can attach your, your intentions and your manifestations around. What exactly is the Bagua? Yeah, the Bagua is a tool. It is a tool that is used by feng shui practitioners, all different uh, schools and approaches. They use them slightly differently depending on how you practice. It is basically an energy map. So it is a way where you can divide the home up into nine equal parts. And each of those different areas, we call them guas. Uh, it is a, is again, is some, it's, it all goes back to the I Ching, which is the ancient divination, divination text. It all goes back where each of those areas has this deep Taoist symbolism that we now can look at your home in that in that sense. So sounds a bit wacky, but at the end of the day, it has to do with, okay, energy is coming in, it's moving through the space a, a specific way. Energy moves through different phases, and so it maps those sort of phases and transitions in your life. And then you can figure out, okay, well, here is, you know, uh, this is all about how what I produce and what I create and how I, um, you know, finish projects, et cetera. Here are all the helpful people in my life, those supporters, those people that are benefacting, that they're, that move me along my, you know, my path in life. So all different areas represent multiple layers, but uh, different parts of your life and, and types of energy. And is it that you determine what those areas are or is it generally like, the bedroom means love. The office means career. Is it set in stone? Yeah, or- yes. And that is on a, on a mundane level, that will always be the case. The office will always be your center where that's going to be a lot of work energy and your bedroom will be there where there's going to be a lot of intimacy, real, you know, energy, but the Bagua doesn't care 
what rooms are where. So you lay it on and your kitchen could be where your love area is, you know what I mean? Or your partnership area. So it, it just, we, what you do is we take a floor plan, we look at it and then we lay it down using the front door as the guide and then we set it and we do it to scale and we, and we, 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 then we have all the areas that we're working with and it falls where it falls. And then, so then that is what gives you sort of, it gives you, that's really where you can dig deep and find the clues about what's happening in what area. Interesting. Very, very cool. Um, as far as earth elements go in a home, I mean, people are obsessed with plants these days, which mm -hmm. I'm one of them. Um, how important is it to bring earth elements into the home and what can it do for us? So the nice thing about bringing in plants is you're bringing in the wood energy, which makes sense, but you're also bringing in the earth energy because it literally has earth in the pot, right? So you've got that, you're, you're bringing in a nice you know, two elements there, but the earth element. So again, there are five elements in feng shui wood. It goes wood, fire, earth, metal, water. So it goes around in a cycle and they each support each other and control each other. People get really hung up and think of it as okay. Like the actual material, but try and think of it as a character of energy. So something that you would just, how you would describe energy. So earth energy would be described as stable, nurturing, you know, uh, grounding. And it's all about stability and finding your feet and, you know, being being receptive as well, because when you think of earth, it's receptive. So there's all these qualities around earth energy that if you said, let's say I had someone that, and this is kind of broad strokes, I'm, you know, but just to simplify it, someone was like, I'm suffering from anxiety. Okay. And we say, okay, that one thing, one thing I would look at would be an earth chi imbalance. So they don't have enough earth element or earth energy in their home or life or personality or whatnot. So then we would bring it in in different ways. And so some of it could, you know, literally get them to go and walk on the earth, you know, like, like not necessarily bare feet would be great, but just get out and walk on the ground. And so a lot of people that live in high rises, they don't have that connection to the earth. Um, color, the color yellow is, uh, is what is traditionally represents earth. So yellow, anywhere from yellows to ochres to browns, all those colors really bring in that, that quality. It's funny you say that about the colors because my, my pottery teacher she had in her studio it's like a terracotta wall mm -hmm. and it's just you feel warm when you go mm -hmm. in there it's just and it's so grounding mm -hmm. um are there certain colors of paint people should avoid or is it all just kind of up to you whatever makes you feel good I, I honestly think it is up to you what makes you feel good but I think people need there's uh, often this so once you start to practice feng shui a little bit and you want to use these colors that you find in the bagua, you don't need to be that literal about it. So I, you know, as again, as a designer, I like to start with, in terms of paint on walls in a general, you know, neutrals, and then add with add in the elemental colors in accessories and in material and in shape. So, but having said that, if there is something that you really want to, um, manifest and accentuate, sometimes it makes sense to bring in that color in a bold way. So a wall, focal point, or a, you know, a wall with the color. 
you know, there's no, you, again, it's all about your own energy. So if you're someone that is a very high strung person or is quick to anger or has, you know, um, is just flitting around and can't really focus on one thing, then that's to me, I would read that as a lot of fire energy. And I would probably say, don't bring in more fire into your, you know, into your surroundings because you need something that's actually going to balance that. So, you know, it's, again, it's all about how your energy interacts with the environment's energy. It sounds like a lot of um, working with your dosha. Yes, it is similar. Yeah, it's similar to that. Uh, And also what's interesting is just as in doshas where you're not just one thing, you know, you have, you're you're dominant and then you've got something and something. It's similar. So, you know, you could, we have a way of, uh, we have, several ways of reading people's chi you would look at their behavior but there's also a, um you know uh, an astrological a calculation that we do around it too to see and again in that there are three different levels of of energies and each of those energies um you know is you know how you're out in the world how you interact with this how you react to stress so yes you're not just no one is one element and that is you know when you think about you know all these practices it's it's about you're not you're never just one thing. There's never only just yang or just yin. It's always you know there's always elements of that in there. It's just is it balanced for you given the circumstances? Right. So we're all special snowflakes. Everybody. That's different. exactly right. <laughs> uh, well, hey, it's always so fascinating talking to you. Um, now, if you guys want to get even more of this kind of awesome info. You can check out Laura's website and blog at Morris Feng Shui, but how can people get into this on a deeper level? Again, I was a designer and I started practicing yoga and meditation and I'm like, you know what? I really want to work with energy in this space and I want to you know, learn. So I thought, okay, I'm going to study. So I did. And now what we have, my partner and I, Angie Cho, who's also a practitioner, she lives in Manhattan, we have started a school. So now we are training people and it's called, you're going to love this. Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Amazing. So it is all about, again, creating creating sacred spaces, uh, being mindful about how you design your spaces. But the biggest thing is really being able to take this and turn it into a business and be able to work with clients and integrate it into your existing wellness business. You know, we have people in the program that are, you know, Reiki or essential oil, and they find that, you know, I want to build a framework around it where I have, because the great thing about feng shui is there are methods and tools. When does it start? How do people get in on it? What's the scope? Yeah. So the session, the next session is September 29th and 30th, and it's an immersive weekend. So this is to get into uh, the certification program. So you would come out with a, you'd be a certified feng shui consultant. Uh, You start with level one, which is at the end of this month, September 29th and 30th. And then you move through into tutorials, case studies, and then you would study and move on to your level two and complete that for your certification, which is in uh, the new year. And it's all online. And then eventually we're launching level three, which is going to be all about launching your business. Oh my God, I love that. I love how it's taking feng shui and incorporating it into your life to become something you're passionate about that can make you money. (laughs) Laura Morris, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me again. Laura Morris, she's a good woman, helping us all make our zen dens. 
or our she sheds. You ever heard those things? Screw the man cave. It's your she shed. Okay, time for the soul nugget. I have two of them today. It's all about confidence. Confidence isn't walking into a room with your nose in the air, thinking you're better than everyone else. It's walking into a room and not having to compare yourself to anybody there in the first place. And this one, try. Otherwise, you'll never know. Hey, tune in to next week's show when we talk to big-time listener Alex King. Hear her story and get inspired right here on Mindful Mostly. Mostly.